0: Seventeen-year-old Alyssa Turney and her 12-year-old half-sister, Sarah, fight like normal sisters. They argue, pull each other's hair, and Sarah admits she may or may not tattle too much on her older sister. Of course, as siblings go, this doesn't mean that the two don't also get along. According to Sarah, Alyssa's like a mom to her, since their mom died a few years ago from cancer. But as it happens with most teens, Alyssa's now too cool for her younger sister, Sarah, Alyssa's gaining more independence. She wants to hang out more with her friends and her steady boyfriend. She works a job at the local Jack in the Box. She sometimes goes to parties and drinks a few beers or experiments with marijuana. Now, I don't know if it was the same at the tourney house as it was at my house, but I too am a younger sister. I wanted to hang out with the cool teenagers and do all of the things that they were allowed or not really allowed to do. I imagine myself being an annoying to my older brother who found my pursuit to take along relentless. Sometimes the constant pursuit and relentlessness can cause rolled eyes and irritation. For Sarah Turney, however, this relentlessness leads to solving the case of her missing sister. Hi, I'm your host, Missy, and I'm about to take you on a wild ride. Stories with plot twists shocking endings, and unbelievable truths. Trust me when I tell you that this story is nuts. Turney says goodbye to her boyfriend as she leaves school on May 17, 2001. It's the last day of school and she's getting picked up early by her stepfather, Michael Turney, so that they can have lunch together. A few hours later, Sarah Turney waits for her father to pick her up from school, but he doesn't show up. So Sarah walks home with a friend and leaves a message for her father, Michael, to pick her up from her friend's house. When Michael finally arrives to pick up his daughter, he tells her he's concerned he couldn't reach Alyssa. According to him, the two had gotten into a fight because Alyssa had wanted more independence. And the last he had seen of Alyssa was when he dropped her off at home and she slammed her door shut. Now, she wasn't answering her phone. As the two arrive home, Sarah can hear the vibrating phone in Alyssa's room, so she follows the noise. Alyssa's room, which is normally tidy, is now littered with the contents of her backpack on the floor. On top of the dresser, Sarah finds Alyssa's phone. And under it, a note that reads, Dad and Sarah, when you dropped me off at school today, I decided I really am going to California. Sarah, you said you wanted me gone. Now you have it. Dad, I took $300 from you. That's why I saved my money. Although it wasn't expected, the note definitely doesn't surprise Sarah. The two girls have an aunt that live in California, and they had spoken about visiting her before. Uh, Maybe that was where Alyssa had gone. Though Michael Turney calls the Arizona Police Department to report his daughter as missing, Alyssa Turney is assumed to be a runaway. A week after Alyssa is gone, Michael Turney claims to receive a phone call from somewhere in California. And though that conversation is jumbled, he believes the call is coming from Alyssa, who tells him to leave her alone. Michael does make several trips to California to search for Alyssa and hang missing posters. But no one claims to have seen or heard from the 17-year-old. Despite the note and the phone call, there are a few things about Alyssa's disappearance that don't make sense. When Alyssa Trinigo goes missing, she leaves her makeup, her phone and her money at home. She also has $1,800 left in her savings account that goes untouched. Friends and family also think it's odd that Alyssa, a person who's like a mother to her younger sister Sarah, and who is a very caring friend, doesn't reach out to anyone. And that case stays quiet until 2006. In 2006, Thomas Heimer, a self-proclaimed serial killer, is sitting in prison for the murder of Sandra Goodman. He begins writing letters to local investigators, claiming he was a serial killer responsible for the deaths of at least 21 women. According to Heimer, Alyssa was one of these women. Investigators send Heimer to questioning, where he tells him he had met Alyssa in 2001. Heimer claims that the two became sexual, and then afterwards he strangled her. Although Heimer was very graphic with his details, investigators quickly begin to doubt his confession. Heimer states that the woman he met was a heroin addict and that she had sexual traits that were very unlike Alyssa's character. When detectives begin to pressure Heimer, he admits that he did kill someone, but it probably wasn't Alyssa. So Heimer hadn't killed Alyssa, but now attention was back on the case And the people who knew Alyssa and who weren't interviewed back in 2001 were ready to talk. In 2008, some of Alyssa's friends came forward and made some very interesting allegations about Alyssa's stepfather, Michael Turney. According to them, Alyssa had told them that her stepfather had driven her out to the desert and tried to sexually assault her. Other allegations claim that Alyssa had woken up before bound and gagged to a chair the allegations are enough for detectives to take a closer look at Michael Turney. So, with a search warrant, detectives enter the Turney home, and what they find is shocking. Michael had multiple videotapes and recordings of the girls dating back to the 80s, as well as recordings of every phone call that came in and went out of the Turney house. The only video that was missing was the footage of May 17th, 2001, the day that Alyssa went missing. Video that was recovered from the Turney house did include some very strange things, such as Alyssa working at Jack in the Box and Michael Turney sitting in the parking lot filming her until she would come out and tell her father that she was getting in trouble with her boss or... There was also some other videos. Videos of Alyssa with boys. She didn't even know she was being videotaped. As strange as all the video and the phone calls being recorded was, investigators do find other things in that turney house. Things such as 19 high caliber assault rifles, silencers, and 26 pipe bombs the largest stockpile of explosives in Phoenix history. Detectives also find a manifesto entitled Diary of a Madman Martyr, in which Michael lays out his plan to bomb the Phoenix, Arizona Union Hall. It's a place where he had previously been an electrician. Michael states in the manifesto that the Union killed his daughter and buried her in the desert, and that he needed to get revenge. Michael Turney pled guilty to possessing 26 unregistered pipe bombs and was sent to prison in 2010. And although he was sent to 10 years, he was released in 2017. Now, up until this point, Sarah had believed her father. She believed her father 100%. But once Sarah found out how Michael had treated her sister, Alyssa, she decided to shut down the website defending him and started questioning him instead. Police told Sarah that when Michael was released from prison for his current charges, that they would then arrest him for the murder of her sister. This did not happen, however, and Sarah was told she would need to get media exposure to bring more attention to her case. Sarah knew she needed to speak to anyone who would listen, and so Sarah began a blog called Justice for Alyssa, She often guest starred on podcasts. And eventually she started one of her own called Voices for Justice. Interestingly, though, it was Sarah's posts on the TikTok app that got her the most attention. In just one month, Sarah had over a million views, which is more attention than the case had gotten in 10 years. Now, if you're not familiar with TikTok which I think most people at this point are familiar with the TikTok app. But it is an app where people upload videos, usually short videos. People could do challenges. They do dancing. Um, they do educational type things if they wanted to. But what Sarah used this for is she took footage from her younger days with her father and her sister. She would also put videos that were found in the tourney house up on the TikTok app, she would also use any information that she found relating to her father and to the case. She was trying to bring more attention to the case of her sister, but she was also having some very interesting speculations about the guilt of her father. Um, Some of these things I'm going to actually just tell you what she did here. In the TikTok app, Sarah says that when police had raided the home They found contracts in the home that Michael Turney had made Alyssa sign stating that she hadn't been abused and Michael even called the police several times before Alyssa went missing stating that she was going to call and lie about him. Some other things she mentions in her app or on her page I should say on her post is that receipts indicated that Michael had bought 50 pounds of lime and 60 pounds of concrete shortly before Alyssa's disappearance. Another post is a recorded conversation with Michael. And I'm going to actually just read it to you. Michael says, Be there at the deathbed, Sarah, and you'll get all the answers you're looking for. To which Sarah says, Why don't you give them to me now? And Michael says, Because you got them now. Sarah decides to take this recording to the police. But they say that since Michael hadn't confessed anything to them directly, there was nothing they could do. All of this exposure, though, that Sarah's getting on her TikTok app actually pushes the police department a little bit more. And her effort finally pays off. In August 2020, a Maricopa County grand jury charged Michael Turney with one count of second degree Murder in the case of Alyssa Turney. Although Alyssa Turney's body has never been found, there were coordinates that were found in that manifesto that I mentioned earlier, um, Michael's manifesto. And those coordinates did match up with some bones that were found in the desert back in 2003. However, the bones being a match to anyone were later found to be inconclusive. Sarah is hoping that finally justice can be brought to her sister. And she's continuing to do really good work using her voice on her podcast Voices for Justice to help others who are in the same boat as she was, helping them solve their unsolved cases. My sources for today's podcast are pajiba.com, nbc.com slash dateline, the 2020 episode. What happened to Alyssa and Sarah Turney's podcast, Voices for Justice, along with her TikTok videos? And if you get a chance, I highly suggest checking out her um, her podcast and also checking out those TikTok videos because those were really interesting and kind of damning in the case of Michael Turney. So, if you're interested, check those out. Also, if you um, liked what you heard today, please subscribe. Follow my follow my podcast, follow my channel. Give me suggestions too. If you have a story, if you want to hear a story, if you're interested a little bit more in a story that you know somewhat about, just let me know. Drop a comment. And I will hope to catch you back here next time on This Story is Nuts. This episode of This Story is Nuts was written and produced by Missy Reese. The music composed by Logan Rees, off of Groovepad.